wanted to acknowledge uh, a couple things this morning before I got started. Just it's we're a family, and uh, so so there's always good stuff, sad stuff happening. Um, the first one is really good. They're not here this morning, so I can't directly. I'm going to speak closer to the microphone. So get ready. Five, four, three. Very good. And. Um, the Kelsos, Pastor Scott and Linda, celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary last week. So uh, they are, uh, they are. if you know me at all, you know that they are uh, two of the rocks in my life and, uh, and big parts of why I'm up here today and uh, leading this church. And so if you see them in the weeks to come, just congratulate her uh, because uh, he's a lot to deal with. And... Uh, and uh, no, to congratulate them both for honoring God and uh, by, by uh, loving each other and, and being such a good example for us. The second thing is sad news, and uh, that is, is that uh, Burl and family, Burl lost his mom. Uh, she passed away uh, just in the last couple of days, and so uh, we're honored to have their family here this morning, and so uh, they need our love. This is a time when that extended family is so important because when the people closest to you are hurting just as badly as you, then it's, it's so important to have that extra bubble, the love bubble, okay? Uh, that, I just made that up. And so we want to make sure that we are loving people as they're walking through some of the darker days in life. And so, uh, so we're with you guys, and uh, we love you. Um, we're in this uh, series called Church for Dummies, and I think it's just one of the best uh, series we've stumbled upon because I think there's something in here for everybody because I see Christians, including myself, forget what to do. And, uh, and then if you wonder why you're frustrated or you feel, like, um, you feel like you're just stagnant maybe with the Lord or you're spiritually just dry or you're wondering what just you're, you're feeling kind of out of sorts, odds are you might not be in the flow with, with what God has for you. And so um, tell your neighbor, don't be a dummy. Don't be a dummy. Dummies try to follow God. Week one, we said, without other people. We don't just fill the calendar with events just because it gives our church a higher rating. We're not just here to uh, find things to do. We're not just here to do things that just pat us on the back or, or uh, just serve ourselves. But when we set up these things like connect groups, they are so that you can walk through this Christian life with other people. And so those good feelings that we share with each other on Sunday morning, I love the atmosphere here on Sunday mornings. Usually multiple people are expressing affection for me, glad to see me, I'm checking in on people, but then even what excites me more is I'm seeing it happen amongst the people. You know, it's, it's great that the pastor gets a high five coming in. I want to make sure everybody does. And so this should be a place of, of uh, a very social place, and I think we get that. But how much deeper, how much better could it be if you take some time during the week and spend some time living life with other people in this church community? And so that's why we do that. It, it's for your health. It's for your, it's for your, uh, it's, it's for you. And so uh, please join into those things. We've, we're trying to make these things easy to latch on as possible. Um, last week, Andrew said, dummies try to follow God without purpose. If you want a quick path to burnout and frustration, that's to not know why you're doing the things you're doing. 
And so if you lose sight of that in your family, if you lose sight of that in your marriage, you don't get to 50 years by accident. Somebody say amen, but you better say it quietly because you'll be in big trouble. You're not going to get to 50 years by accident. You're not going to get connected to a church by accident. You're not going to build close friendships by accident. You need to understand the purpose of it, and then that's enough to drive the, the desire to make it happen. And so if I understand the reason for something, I go to work because I want to take care of my family. That's enough to get me through the work part of my life because I see the purpose of it. I make sure to give of myself in relationships because I understand that my friendships, my family, are my lifeline that God has provided for me. And as much as I'm speaking and giving into their life, my goodness, does it come back to me just wave after wave. And I need it too. And so I see the purpose of it, so I invest in it. We need to see the purpose for this walk, this thing called the Christian life. It's not just so we can add it on as a, as a, as a merit badge or, or something to check off the list. Well, got heaven taken care of. Let me get back to what I'm doing. No, that's a great part of it. But I want to live with purpose. I want to have a reason for getting out of bed every day that's bigger than just me making me better or me making something else or, or sitting on a couch. I, I need to know that there's a reason for me being here. And when I lose sight of that, then I lose sight of, of, of even what I'm doing. And so purpose is important. I encourage you to re-listen to that. Go to our podcast uh, on uh, Podbean or go through our website, picktownfc.com. Today... I want you to know that dummies try to follow God without power. Power. I'm an 80s, well, I'm a 70s baby, which means I'm an 80s kid. So I call myself an 80s baby. Like, that is what I love. Like, when I'm just relaxing to music, usually it's something from the 80s, okay? Whether it's rock or, or just pop or whatever, that's, that's where I'm going to hang out. And I can tell I'm old because now all the stores are playing my music. When I go into the restaurants, they're playing my music. And the kids are like, they know it because they have to listen to my music in my car. And, uh, and so, so my kids, we've done, our good, we've done a good job. They like 80s music. And Danielle has done her job to make sure they love country music. And, and, and so, but I'm hearing the songs that I liked to listen to when I was a teenager, a young person, and uh, that's what they're playing. And so I remember, I'll throw my parents under the bus. They were terrible parents. They decided, they decided that our house was better off without a television in it. I've shared this before. That actually means like they're actually pretty smart. Uh, it's, it's, it's mostly garbage. And, uh, and so, so we grew up without a television in the house, a TV in the house, for, for most of my years growing up. Somebody say, aw. Translation, I needed friends. Uh, and uh, friends with TVs. And, and so usually... That was enough to just be able to catch a show here and there, and, and I would, like, if, you, if I was in front of a TV, like, my sister and I, we were glued. Like, it was like, woo! And uh, we were so happy anytime we got in contact. The problem came about when a little thing called Nintendo Entertainment System came out with a little guy named Mario that also came packaged with a gun a little thing called duck hunt. 
I was immediately in love, just like everybody else my age, with playing this game. I didn't have a TV, which means I did not have a Nintendo, which means I had to force myself to be friends with kids that sometimes I didn't like just because I wanted to play their Mario game. I'm guilty of that. I literally spent time with certain kids just because I knew I could play their Nintendo system. What a jerk. Inside that game, there's these sunflowers that pop up out of little bricks. What happens when Mario hits the power up? He gets big, then what happens when he hits it again? He gets fireballs. And let me tell you something. If you're going through Mario, I would first of all rather be big Mario because then you can take a hit from a Koopa Troopa and you're not going to die. <laughs> Who all knows what the Koopa Troopa is? Raise your hands. Thank you. That's the little turtley looking duck things, okay? <laughs> you can take a hit and you don't die, but then if you get fireballs, bloop, 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 bloop right? You just let those babies rip, and you just plow on through. Pastor Adams lost his mind. Power. Every hero in every story somehow gets the power they need to accomplish the mission that they have been assigned, right? Think about your hero. Think about your movie genre. I don't care if it's Harry Potter or Luke Skywalker. Something happens where they are given the resources that they need to accomplish the thing that they've been given. This is a constant in our entertainment genre, right? Help is given to those in need, right? God left us the power needed for the assignment. And so dummies try to follow God without this power, and we've been given a big job. We've been given something to do. Andrew talked about purpose last week. Following God, yet there's another layer to that. There's a reason why we're following God. It's, it's, it is to keep our life on track. Thank you, Jesus. But if I'm following God then that means my life is now a conduit to lead others to know Him and His goodness. And that's, that's a great purpose. That's a big job. Listen to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You talk about job assignment. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you even to the end of the age. I think it's fascinating that this is before the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples and Jesus is telling them to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus knows what's needed here. But he says this phrase, he says, I am always with you. I just said every hero gets what they need to accomplish the job. 
Well, if Jesus is going to be with me, then that big job doesn't sound so terrible. But this is before, like, like Jesus is leaving them. Physical, present Jesus isn't going to be with them any longer. And the last time I checked, he's not, like, I don't see Jesus. There's no sash here and sandals like promised in Sunday school. Like, I don't see it. So we get this job, we get promised this help, but what's it really look like? I'm always with you. Well, Jesus would visit his followers multiple times, and he says this in Luke 24, 49. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit. He's getting ready to leave. Just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. I love that Jesus just, he knows what's happening. Duh. But it's also so matter of fact. It's like the Holy Spirit, like it's coming. The, the help's coming. What, what's been promised to you is coming. Stay here until you receive that power. The first thing I want you to get today is that the Holy Spirit is not new. He doesn't just show up in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit is through the entire story of the Bible. If you listen to Genesis 1, 1 and 2, it says this. Let me get there. In the beginning, there's no more beginning than this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And so we get references all the way back to the beginning to God's Spirit. This is one in the same. And we even have references to the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament. King David in Psalm 51, he had just made the biggest mistake of his life. And he is repenting from what he has done. And he says this phrase in Psalm 51. He says, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. He apologizes to the Lord. He says, I understand the pain that's going to come from this, but whatever happens, don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. And we'd see that mark on some of the great names of the Old Testament where they would, you, would say, you would see this phrase of God's Spirit was upon them or He was filled with the Spirit. And, and David, King David, was obviously one of those. Good old Job says in Job 33, 4, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. That's awesome, isn't it? The breath of the Almighty is what is keeping you right here with everybody else. At the beginning of creation, when, when Adam was formed, there was the body, and then there was the breath and there wasn't life without it right and that's God's spirit alive he's he's that's the life 
There can be a physical body, but without that, it's not going to happen. And then you even go into, at the very beginning of the New Testament, it describes in Matthew 1, 18 and 20 that Jesus was conceived in Mary as an act of the Holy Spirit. It says it. It says the Holy Spirit right there. And we know that we know the Christmas story. Joseph and Mary were, were, were engaged. They hadn't, had, they hadn't been physical yet. And, and God says, you're going to have, you're going to be pregnant with the Messiah. Surprise. And then they had this whole process of dealing with, Joseph has to deal with the pregnancy that isn't his. And, and God said, it's okay. I did this. It's good. It says, conceived by the Holy Spirit? Are you kidding me? So the first thing today is that the Holy Spirit isn't new. This is God's Spirit, and it's from beginning to end of His Word. And so it's a, it should be a part of us today. The second thing I want you to get is from a few to all. That's the transition that happens in Acts chapter 2. Because where you see the Holy Spirit, you see the Spirit of God, it's like this tagline that you'll see throughout the Old Testament of, of the Spirit of God came over this person and they prophesied, or this person was strong in the Spirit. And so it was like this selective, the light would come on here, but like it, it would just be a while before that would be noted in somebody else. And so you have heroes like Samson and, and David and, and these guys where it's noted that the Spirit of God was on them. Fast forward to the disciples waiting in a room. And we'll listen to even John the Baptist. You guys remember him? He's uh, Jesus' cousin, first cousin. He comes and he's a miracle baby on his own. And in Matthew 3.11 it says this. His whole purpose in life was to prepare the way for Jesus. He was basically the last prophet before Jesus. In Matthew 3.11, it says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. You talk about self-aware. I think that is one of the greatest statements in the whole Bible. Someone is coming who is greater than I am. This guy had masses of people coming every day. He could have put himself on a pedestal and he says, oh, you don't even understand. This is just a taste of what's coming. I baptize with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That sounds like an upgrade. That sounds like Mario with fireballs. Now we're getting somewhere. Right? Ding, ding. Like, I'll take that. You know, it's like if the car can come with or without, like four-cylinder or eight-cylinder. Let me think about it. I want the power. Give it to me. I want to go fast. If you're not first, you're last. I don't know. That's not in the Bible. From a few to all. Luke eleven thirteen. Listen to this. I love those of you that get my references. It just makes me feel so good. Luke eleven thirteen. 
So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask Him? Maybe it's just me, but I've always kind of remembered that verse as if, a, if me as an earthly dad knows how to give good gifts to my kids, how much more does the Heavenly Father know how to give good gifts to, to His kids? That's the gist, but He's talking about the best gift. If I know how to surprise my kids, get them something that makes them happy, or, and if, if I know how to bless them, how much more, it says, does the Father know how to give me the Holy Spirit? What? From a few to all. And this stuck out to me this week. John 20, 22. And I'm just flying around here. You're okay if you're not jumping with me. Because I bet you don't have little tabs where everything is like I do. John 20, 22. This is when Jesus is hanging out with them. He's already resurrected. This is before the ascension. A few of these verses come uh, from that time as recorded by the different uh, guys that wrote about it. That's what the Gospels are. Matthew, or John 20, 22. He's with them. He's appeared to them. So this is resurrected Jesus. And he sees them. This is when he shows them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Back to the big assignment. Then he breathed on them. What? He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is before Acts chapter 2. This is, this is amazing. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then he adds on this little tagline, like no big deal. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Let's just throw that in there, by the way. In this little two-part phrase, Jesus is saying, you are going to carry the power of God with you. Receive it. And so that means you are going to act on his behalf. And so, now you are not doing the forgiving. Somebody is not going to stay in their sin just because you choose to hold back forgiveness. Somebody say thank you, that it's not up to men. But we get to be ambassadors of forgiveness. And so what a joy that I can tell somebody, you do not need to live stuck in shame from something that God has already forgiven you. Walk in the freedom that's been paid for by the cross of Jesus Christ. Be forgiven. Walk in it. That's one of the greatest messages that we can tell people is that God wants to forgive you. He wants you to walk in freedom from the junk in your life. He wants you to get past these things and to enjoy freedom on the other side. But still, that little phrase of he breathed on them before he ascended and right there to his disciples said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I bring that up because we see the Holy Spirit sprinkled throughout Scriptures. We see Jesus referencing him matter-of-factly. 
and this understanding that you have the Holy Spirit. And so the first, this, this is something I will just tell you, that if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you can't just receive part of God. The Holy Spirit has already been, he's already been given access to you. And there's already access to him. So then, what's different about Acts chapter 2? Let's get there. So the first thing was, the Holy Spirit isn't new. Second, from a few to all. The third thing is, power for the mission. Listen to Acts 2, 1 through 4. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. I'll just stop just real quick. Pentecost, the word already existed, and all it was was a day that signified 50 days after the Passover. So that word already existed. So growing up in church, I thought Pentecost was like invented as having something to do with the Holy Spirit just came on the day that they were already celebrating. Hopefully that helps somebody. Suddenly... There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Somebody say, holy cow. That's crazy. Like, these guys were already a group of people and I mean that, that had spent time together. They'd spent time watching. They'd seen miracles firsthand and they'd heard about all of them secondhand and they'd witnessed the death and the, the, they'd seen resurrected Jesus. They, I mean, they have had a lot of great, powerful experiences. And then here they are hanging out together and the Holy Spirit fills all of them with power at the exact same time. And it says, as the ability hit them, they began to speak in a language that they didn't know before. That's insane. Power for the mission. What's the mission again? What's our purpose? It's to follow Jesus, but why are we following Jesus? To help others follow Jesus. Well, guess what's so interesting about this situation where all of a sudden you had a hundred plus people speaking different languages. There was somebody on the street below that spoke every language that was given up in that upper room. And they do a list. In some cases, it's geographical area. But you're, you're talking about dozens of different languages from around the, that inhabited part of the world where they would have traveled, you know, hundreds of miles to get to Jerusalem for Pentecost for this holy holiday. And it says that the people were in awe because they started not just hearing their language being spoke, but it said that those people were speaking about the good things of God in their language. So do you think that just maybe the Holy Spirit came so that we could help communicate 
to the people God has placed in our life and speak the good things of God in their language. Oh my goodness, there's a reason for this. Power for the mission. But how does this work? Well, Acts 1.8, go back a page here. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you don't know what those names mean, they're talking about geographically spreading out from Jerusalem. So Jerusalem was the city, Judea was the region, Samaria was like this group of people, another country next door that they didn't even like. And then it says, to the ends of the earth. So, oh, by the way, the mission is, is to share Jesus with your friends and neighbors, people that you don't like that are nearby, and then whatever you can do to do to get it to the ends of the earth. And so that's been really the mission of the church has been watching the story of Jesus get out to the entire planet. And believe it or not, there are still people groups on this planet that still don't have a comprehensive understanding of who Jesus is, and there are missionary groups just working like crazy trying to get to every single last one of them. And so we've seen this wave. That's the driving force. And, and we've, we've done short-term mission trips and supported missionaries uh, over the years, and, um, and, and we're going to keep doing that. There's, there's a, a call for that. How do we do it? The Holy Spirit is our connection. Before Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send another. The way he says another means he's, he's describing a, a peer, not a step down. The Holy Spirit is not a downgrade from Jesus. And the beautiful part about it is, is that the way Jesus came, he physically restricted himself to a body when he walked the earth. That meant that Jesus was pretty much always around Jerusalem, around the Sea of Galilee. When he was a kid, there was a time he was in Egypt. He was physically only there. That's the way these work, right? I can't be in two places at once. Part of the crazy part of life. We always wish we could be. Jesus physically limited himself by putting by being God in the flesh he was limited to be in one place at one time so what do we see in Acts chapter 2 we see you filled with the Holy Spirit and you filled with the Holy Spirit and you filled with it and you filled and you filled and then they were all there in one room together but they weren't supposed to stay in that room altogether and so I get to take the power of God with me. You get to take the power of God with you. You get to take the power of God with you. That's the explosive force and the reason why the church can exist around the world today because we all have our access to heaven. He is our connection point. What are we supposed to do? Be my witnesses. We are supposed to tell people everywhere all the time about what God is doing in our life. 
And there's a natural way to do that. We're going to do a series later this year called Witness. And it's just how to share your faith. And, and, and there are, it, it's not about walking around and whacking people with your Bible and telling them how terrible they are and that they need to be in church and get right with God. Uh, there's, there's a way to do this that's just a part of living and being with other people that is going to be a natural extension of who you are. And by the way, you're doing them a favor leading them to the saving power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit for their own life? Are you trying to give them something bad? But yet it intimidates us, right? And so we, we think of some, we think of this transactional thing that I've either got to be able to preach or I've, I've got to go knock on doors of strangers' houses. I don't talk to strangers on my doorstep, and I'm not going to go do it. God tells me to, I will, but he hasn't told me to do that. I believe that Jesus is best shared in relationship. And, and that's going to be the most effective way anyways. And so when you just share about what God's doing in your life, hey, I'm struggling with this, but, but we're trusting God for our marriage. Uh, we've got this sickness we're facing, but we're, we're trusting God with this. Uh, God provided me with a new job. It just becomes a part of your language, and you don't need to sound super holy about it. I, it, it should just be a natural part of our life. Be my witnesses, telling people from everywhere. And so dozens of people heard about the good things of God in their own language. Is it any surprise, and Andrew mentioned this last week, it says that the church grew by 3,000 that day. Here's the math for you. My best scholarly guess is that there's about 300 maybe staying together in Jerusalem at that point that are calling themselves believers and sticking together. I don't think there's 300 in one room, but like that would have been the larger community. This is Adam doing some guesswork there. Call it 300 and then add 3,000. That's a thousand percent growth? in a day because of the power of the Holy Spirit showing up in multiple individuals and then every person had a voice and a gift that was received by somebody outside, probably multiple people. People would have traveled from those different areas together. And now all of a sudden, these are people that were already there for one reason, and now they're hearing the good news about God, and then Peter preaches and 3,000 are added. Wow. So the Holy Spirit isn't new. It moves from a few to all in the story in Acts. And it's power for the mission. It's the power up we need. It's the fireballs we need. What does this look like on Monday for us? Pastor Adam, I love that you know, we, we learn about these things. I, I, I know that the Holy Spirit's important, but what does this really look like in my life on Monday? Well, the first thing I would share with you is listen to the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you give Him permission to work in your life, it says in Galatians 5, and 23 that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
oh gosh, I don't need any of those on Monday. Oh my gosh, I need him to get out of bed. Like, I need self-control to not punch the alarm. Like, I, what? Self-control? Ah, I got this. Really, how you doing on your own? I need God's help. I'm not naturally this kind. God has done work inside of me, and I've still got a long way to go. Daniel's not here to say amen. Love? Joy? Do you guys see people that need joy? I need joy. It's one of the quickest things that gets taken away from us in this world. It's so easy to lose just by looking around you. It might not affect how you necessarily treat somebody. You might still be kind, but there's nothing like having joy. It is so, it's so fleeting, right? It's, it's something that I, I struggle to just capture. Like, I, I want to be joyful. I want to be full of it. And that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit being able to work inside of me. Well, how about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And these, both of these can be taught on for a whole year if you wanted to, between the, the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here from a few passages, including 1 Corinthians 12, listen to these gifts that are listed. Wisdom. Nah, I don't need that. Knowledge. Faith. Healing. Miracles. Prophecy. Discerning spirits. Speaking in other languages both heavenly and human are seen as given examples of in the Bible. Interpreting other languages, administration, and helps, like serving. Like some people get the gift of just, I've got this heavenly gift of just wanting to take care of other people. That's not natural. But aren't you thankful for people that operate in that gift? Oh, let's see. A word of knowledge Remember, there's a story about Jesus spending time with the woman at the well, and he's teaching her. And then he says something about, tell your husband in this, this, this part. And she goes, I don't have a husband. And he goes, oh, that's right. You've been married this many times, and you're not currently married to the person you're living with. He had never met her before. I have been around people, Christians, that have received a gift of a gift of a word of knowledge where God shares something with them that there's no other way of knowing. Those are wild moments. And there's a reason for it. God always gives those because He is trying to protect somebody, draw somebody. I mean, He has, there's an assignment associated with that word. There's been prophetic things spoken over Danielle in our life. I've seen all of them happen what God still does that yes when I speak in the heavenly language that he's given me in either worship or just praying I feel tapped in and yes that freaks some people out I'll take the freaky because I see it and I see the benefit of it in the scripture I want the power up I want to have everything that heaven has made available to me because this life and this assignment I've been given in it is difficult. And there's no way I can do it on my own. My own life, let alone what God has given me to do. I can't lead this church out of the power of Adam. Good grief, what a garbage church that would be. First church of Adam. Dumb. Oh my gosh, 
Talk about a quick way to nowhereville. That'd be terrible. Everything good that happens here is because of the Holy Spirit giving me vision, giving the people around me the help to see my blind spots and, and to help speak things. It's, it's happening because of the power of the Holy Spirit. People don't sign up to serve and greet just because, oh, I've got nothing better to do. Let me get up early on a Sunday. Oh, let me get up even earlier on a Sunday. That happens because you feel, I want to... I'm going to do this for somebody else. I'm going to do this to help somebody else. That's the Holy Spirit driving that. Oh, I should talk to that person. They might be sad, but you, you know something's wrong. God, I'll, I'll feel it. Like, you, that person, something's wrong. And then you go and you say, is everything okay? I feel like I'm supposed to pray with you. Boom. God has shared a, he's given you a piece of a word of knowledge. You know something's wrong. Sometimes he might show you something specifically. So let's see. Yeah, those, 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 that fruit and those gifts, that, that, that doesn't sound useful Monday to Friday. Discerning of spirits? No, I don't, I don't want God to ever show me if, if something is dangerous for me or this church or for my family. I'd rather just walk blindly into every situation. Thank you. No way. I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to say that's, that's not going to be a good direction to go. That person is, is, that person is dangerous for this church. What? He can say that? God loves everybody. Yeah, He does love everybody, but He also wants people to, He wants His church to be protected. And that's one of the things He trusts pastors to do. And so the, the leadership team and the, and the prayer team, I'm counting on them to pray for those things for this church. God, protect us. God, show us what to do. Show us where to go. I don't want to just blindly volunteer our church for a thousand different things. God, where's our place to serve in this city? Who are the missionaries you want us to support? Where are the places you want us to go? He's that specific. He cares that much. And the Holy Spirit is how we go through that. That's how we navigate those things. Tell your neighbor, don't be a dummy. Dummies try to follow God without power. Can we pray this morning? With just heads bowed in this room today, I like to make people laugh when I'm teaching, but a big part of the purpose of this message today is to just kind of demystify, which sounds... It sounds like that can't be spiritual, but, but God went to so much trouble to make sure that we would have the power He needs that it, it breaks God's heart, I believe, that people would not walk in the fullness of that power. And so sure, I joke, but, but I hope maybe the veil was lifted a little bit and you see the reason behind it. That God loves you. He has a a big life for you to live. He has a role for you to play in His church. He has people that your life is supposed to spill out into. He wants to make sure you have the power that you need. Do you want power this morning? Listen to Luke eleven thirteen again. This is Jesus talking. He says, so, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more 
will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Friends, there's a difference in that group of people before and after Acts chapter 2. They made themselves available and they asked the Holy Spirit to come and empower their lives. And the first fruit from that day was thousands of people being added to the kingdom of God. It matters if you invite and allow the Holy Spirit to move in power in your life. There will be more souls, I believe, in heaven if you do. And this scripture says that if you want the Holy Spirit, that you just need to ask for it. And that your heavenly Father is delighted, delighted to fill you up. If that's you this morning, you say, I want the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe it's something you've been just not sure of. But you want him today. You want that power in your life. Would you raise your hand this morning? You're just telling God, I want the Holy Spirit. I see those hands. I see those hands. We serve a good God. And unlike me who gets it wrong with my kids sometimes, God knows what he's doing and he loves you. And just as Jesus did before he physically left his disciples, it says he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so I tell you today, receive the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for moving in power. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never trusted him with your life uh, to forgive your past and to lead you forward, and you're ready to in this moment, I want to pray with you. Is this your moment of faith where you're going to choose to cross that line? If that's you today, you say, I'm ready to follow Jesus. Would you raise your hand this morning? I want to pray with you. God sees you. I know we're largely a group of believers, but I never want to discount the fact that somebody could be ready to make that decision. We're going to close with worship. As we're worshiping, I encourage you to come forward and pray. We've got Roger and Tracy up here. Um, if they're busy, come and grab me or Andrew, and there might be another team over here. Have somebody pray with you this morning. If you made a decision, you want a fresh touch from God as far as the Holy Spirit, that's great. If you've got something going on in your life, you want prayer for yourself, somebody else, come up and have somebody pray with you. Father God, receive our praise again today. Father, we seal this work. We thank you for those that reached out for the power of heaven this morning. God, I thank you that you are going to prove faithful in this gift coming into their life. And God, I thank you for the power that's available from heaven. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you permission in this place to move in power. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing.